Totally burned out from working a typical nine to five job, just sitting at the desk, drudgery, not only on a mental level, but also like an emotional level, just wearing me out. And so that's when my buddy came along, introduced this book for our work week, ended up quitting that job almost immediately because I was just like so pumped up for <laughs> concepts, right? I'm out of here. <laughs> yeah, I'm out of here. This is the Happen to Your Career podcast with Scott Anthony Barlow. We help you stop doing work that doesn't fit you, figure out what does, and make it happen. We help you define the work that's unapologetically you, and then go get it. If you're ready to make a change, keep listening. Here's Scott. Here's Scott. Here's Scott. On Happen to Your Career, we've shared many stories about people that have made career changes and have become so much more intentional with their lives and their careers as a whole. We've talked with many, many dozens of people on the podcast that we have personally worked with to make all of these changes. But one thing we really haven't shown you is that this change isn't just a one-time event. See, here's the the funny thing that, uh, that gets missed when we just do a snapshot in time right after someone has made a career change. As we continue to learn, as we continue to uh, grow, as we continue to learn more about ourselves, our lives change, what we want changes, uh, what we need change. And, and this comes in the form of, of things like family or you know having kids or kids growing up or you know, parents moving, uh, all of these different things, moving to a different house, different city, developing new skills, new new opportunities. This growth also results in changes in your goals and desires. And you begin to see a bigger picture. You get a better picture of what you want to do in your life. And over the next several months, we're actually going to be bringing on some of the past guests that have been on our podcast before and catch up with them on where they are now and how things have changed since we last had them on the podcast. Now, here's one of the things that's so cool. You're going to get to see and hear firsthand how that initial change and what it took to go through and learn how to make that initial change and learn to be so much more intentional with their life gets spread out and played out over the course of years and compounds with just that one-time initial effort to be able to learn how to do that and how it impacts them throughout the whole rest of their life. So this week, we're actually bringing back Matt Toy on the podcast to help you get a bigger picture of where Matt is now. And I want to share with you first the story he shared last time on the podcast. And then tomorrow, I'll share my more, much more recent conversation with Matt. So as we get started today, Matt describes the work he was doing at the time. Probably the most exciting thing, at least for me, is I have a few different things going on in the yoga world. So the first thing is I teach what I call man yoga or yoga for men, put it a little bit more simply. So it's a group of men who traditionally wouldn't go to yoga class and I teach them the foundation of yoga, something that's helped my life over the years. Beyond that, I've also started an Instagram trying to do just kind of like a re-education of what yoga really is. So it's not just about your body. It's much deeper than that. And then I've done some events. So again, just trying to spread yoga, teach yoga as much as possible. I'm also a father and I co-own a bakery as well. So lots of things, busy, but at the same time, life is very full. This was a super fun conversation with me and Matt because got to talk about how to actually stop rushing the process of career change and how to take the pressure off yourself 
to be successful on the very first try because most of us put ourselves in that mental pressure cooker and sometimes we don't even make that first try because of that exact reason. So Matt had some great ways that he did that for himself and also the importance of doing the research on your strengths and taking a step back and asking the people that are closest to you their opinions and you're maybe not so surprisingly going to learn about yourself, but there are a few things that you don't know that you'll end up learning too, and you end up taking taking with along on your career. So Matt and I talk and, and get it pretty deep into those pieces too. And also how he got over and worked with his fear of failure to actually, uh, I don't know, take some action. And we talk about that all the time, but Matt does a really nice job in laying that out. And why creating your schedule for yourself is actually key in helping the habits you need to keep gas in the tank and be able to take care of yourself while you're on this marathon that is changing careers to what you really want to be doing. So by the way, Matt, he's a yoga instructor and he's business owner of man yoga. And he's also, he's also had our help in coaching him through getting his business started and making this change. And we got to be with him from the very beginning. Super cool. I want you to take a listen as he shares his entire journey and doesn't really hold back in creating and growing this new new business venture and even even identifying and starting this new new business venture too at the same time. And I'm super, super proud of him, super excited that we got to have this conversation. I'm sure like many of you, especially if you are a millennial, have read four hour work week, right? Or at least heard about it, know some of the concepts. So Tim Ferriss. Yeah, Tim Ferriss, right. So way back, I can't even remember what year this was, maybe 2012, something like that. Totally burned out from working a typical nine to five job, just sitting at the desk, drudgery, blah, blah, blah. I'm not going to get into the the woes of that. But he comes along and says, hey man, check out this book. Totally blows my mind, right? So I'm like, okay, online marketing business. That's what I've got to do. So for a variety of maybe like three years, was just focused on trying to create this online business. Kept failing, kept changing approaches, kept pivoting, never truly committing to one thing. And little did I ask, like, hey, do you even want an online business? So it's kind of funny, Scott, actually, I found you through an online course. Okay. So through a Facebook group of a different online course that was Ramit Sethi's zero to launch or something like that. And basically like a step-by-step process of trying to create an online business. But Scott, I found a little post that you had put in the Facebook community and I like totally resonated with your message. I'm like, okay, who's this guy? I need to connect with this guy. Because I had failed over and over again. Again, I think this is about a span of maybe even four years of trying to create an online business. And throughout that time, I had been working uh, different jobs, you know, but never really falling in love with one thing. What were some of those jobs? What were some of those roles? Yeah, great. I'm glad you asked. So out of college, and this is where I got really burned out. Yeah. I was managing farmer's markets. So doing part of it, logistical stuff on site. And that was about two days a week, which was great because I was out of the office. I was interacting with people. And then the remaining part was all office work. So, you know, making sure the books were straight, making sure farmers were showing up, making sure that they knew the drill, making sure just a bunch of different tasks that you have to do to organize a large event. So one of the biggest markets was about 200 vendors, farmers and food purveyors in the Bay Area. And, you know, there were some perks to the job. It was cool. It's hip to be in the food scene. 
especially up here in the Bay Area. But yeah, the relationship with the CEO wasn't so good. And just with some other coworkers, they're just really not only on a mental level, but also like an emotional level, just wearing me out. And so that's when my buddy came along, introduced this book for our work week, ended up quitting that job almost immediately because I was just like so pumped up from <laughs> concepts, right? I'm out of here. Yeah, I'm out of here. Started working for a bakery nearby, so still in food. You know, food's always been a huge part of my life. Connection with people over a meal is a fantastic thing. And falling in love with that business, you know, the bakery, but not seeing much room for growth. And still having this fantasy and this idea and this hope that, okay, somehow I'm going to be able to make money online passively. And then just getting continually more and more frustrated with my inability to grow within this bakery business, coupled with the fact that I was failing at all these new business ideas over and over and over again. So then what happened after that? Then it's about... And then I worked some landscaping job for like a good year. It was just like all over the place, Scott. So career-wise, you know, it's been a bunch of different things. But, you know, I guess the light in that is I gained different skills, especially people skills throughout the whole time. The ability to connect with multiple different people. So farmers in the beginning with the bakery, how to manage a team, and also how to connect with customers directly. And then landscaping, how to interact with clients very specifically, who have, you know, huge budgets that they wanted to put into their landscaping. Yeah. But yeah, where yoga comes to play is I was continually doing yoga. And I would say that yoga was kind of the thing that saved me along the way. And what I mean by saved me is just kept me sane, you know, kept me with my longtime girlfriend who's now my wife, kept, you know, close friends by me so I didn't just push them away, kept me out of depression when I just kept failing at all these businesses. I'm like, okay, this isn't working. Like, what's wrong with me? When did you start yoga? I'm curious. I don't know that we've ever talked about that. Yeah, I started yoga in college. But it's funny though, before I went to school or went away to college, my martial arts instructor was like, hey, you need to do yoga because you're going to meet so many women. In the class. <laughs> and I was just kind of like, what are you talking about? And like, okay, whatever. So then I ended up taking a class, whether or not it was actually for the women, but ended up falling in love with the practice. And just like, wow, this is so challenging and so hard, yet so subtle at the same time. And yeah. So I continued to practice and practice. You know, that was 10 years ago. So wow. I've been doing it ever, ever since. So then you had yoga going on this entire time. And right. that was sort of what is keeping you from tearing apart at the seams is, exactly. as you're going from all of these different jobs. And also at the same time, you had different variations of kind of, it sounds like almost the, I don't remember how you described it to me one time, but it sounds like almost this fantasy for what you thought you wanted in terms of the oh. online business. Right. And I'm super curious how and where that evolved. Because I know that someplace in all this mix ended up meeting your girlfriend, now wife, and also traveled abroad and a bunch of other right. stuff. So how does all this stuff fit in here? Oh, man, so there's a lot of layers. You know, career-wise, I just told you kind of how that progressed. I mean, throughout at the time I was practicing yoga, I was trained to be a teacher in yoga. But it's interesting, actually, Scott. It's kind of like my life has been this pendulum, right? Between stuff that I've really wanted to do at my core. Yeah. And what I mean by that is like, okay, when I sit in stillness, when I sit in silence, like what do I actually want out of life, right? Not just what everyone else is telling me. So, yep. part of that is travel. So, I can't even remember how many times to Europe. I studied abroad there in college. That kind of sparked it. And then since then, almost every other year, I've gone back to Europe. I've been to North Africa, Mexico, Southeast Asia. So, I've had travel experience and just really fallen in love with the connection of people, learning new languages, learning just new cultures, all of that. 
that's always been part of it. So that's kind of like the positive part of the pendulum, right? And then like once I returned home and returned to the job that I wasn't really in love with or wasn't feeling like I could contribute my full gifts to, it kind of like swung the other way. And then it's like, okay, what do I do for my career? What is even my career? Like what skills do I have? And so there's just all these like what ifs, all these questions. And then, you know, either switch jobs or find something new and then, okay, travel again and then do more yoga. And then the pendulum kind of swings back to this like growth phase. So it's been interesting in that sense. So that's really an interesting way to put it. And I think yeah. I've met a lot of people who have gone through that, but I haven't really thought of it as almost this pendulum swinging back and forth. And I'm curious for some of your thoughts on that, having gone through that multiple times, not necessarily just once, but many times over. Yeah. Because it almost seems like <laughs> when the pendulum's swinging one way, it makes it much more sweeter. And when it swings the opposite way, it's like, okay, obviously this is not in alignment. Right. But also, for me, when I've gotten a little taste of that, for some reason, initially, it didn't click for me. Like I thought that I had to sort of tolerate this one side in order mm -hmm. to get to the other side of the pendulum swing. And I'm curious how you think about that. And No, that's a great question, Scott. If, the way I describe it, it's not always positive and negative, but yeah, it swings to one side and like life is easy. Life is good. You're in flow. And then there's a challenge. So for me, a lot of times the challenge was, okay, what's my career or... What business am I going to create online? Yeah. Or do I want to marry my longtime girlfriend? Or do I want to have kids? You know, just these challenges. And then once you're actually faced with a challenge and you're forced to make a decision or stay where you are, right? If, if you make a decision, it means you're moving. If you're staying where you are, that means, okay, I'm just going to tolerate this, even though it's painful. You learn a lesson. You have to either decide, okay, I'm taking action. I'm changing what's going on, changing my circumstances, or I'm just going to sit here and maybe it's just part of my emotional state. Maybe this just doesn't feel good, but I'm going to stick with it because it's what I've decided to do. So it kind of goes both ways, you know, but there's always a lesson on no matter where the pendulum swings that even though you're maybe in the moment, this is really uncomfortable. I really hate my job. I really don't know what I'm doing. I don't know what I'm good at. I don't know if I want to get married, blah, 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 all of these things. Sure. There's a lesson in there to be learned. It's just it's hard to see it when you're in it, right? Yeah. So to give you an example, like with my wife. So before we got married or before I proposed a few months before, I was in this really rough place. I didn't, again, career-wise, didn't know what I was doing. I wasn't making a bunch of money. It was just like kind of a, felt like a loser, you know? And then I remembered this thing clicked for me. And, you know, I ended up reading a, a book called The Way of the Superior Man by David Data. You've told me about that one before. Yeah. Yeah. And it was a complete mind shift for me. So essentially, and that's kind of, so the pendulum was on, you know, more the dark side, negative side. Once I read that book, it started to like swing over to the other side and then like right in the middle. And then I realized like, oh man, like I do want to marry this woman. She's amazing. She's beautiful. Like all these other issues and problems and fears that I had really don't exist. They're just in a creation of my mind. Then I ended up going on a 500 mile pilgrimage by myself across Northern Spain, which is amazing. So walking 500 miles over the course of a month, I came back just like strong, solid. Like I knew exactly who I was. I knew what I wanted to do. And I was married this woman. And it was just something so beautiful, something so amazing. I mean, all it took was just that mental shift. So what was the name of that pilgrimage, by the way? I know you've told me in the past. Yeah. It's called the Camino de Santiago, which is the way of St. James. I'm not Catholic. My wife is actually Catholic, but yeah, it was more of a kind of soul-searching 
self-discovery sort of thing. And what's the pathway? Is that through Portugal and... Yeah, there's many different pathways. One of them goes through Portugal. You probably saw it actually when you were in Portugal or some of the signs. The one that I took starts in the border of France and Spain yeah. on the French side in the Basque country. So then the north was in the northwestern part of France. And then you, you jump over the Pyrenees and then you continue along kind of through the Meseta of Spain, which is this high plateau. And then eventually you get into Galicia, which is like green rolling hills and just gorgeous. And yeah. so finally you get to Santiago and there's a huge cathedral there. And it's just, I don't know, it's an amazing experience. So if anyone feels like they need to take a vacation that's good for body, mind, and soul. I would definitely recommend it. Yeah, I was going to say, if I so recall, I don't that. you have a guide for that too? Yeah, I do. I do. I have a <laughs> small plug for if you actually are going to take that, then turns out yeah. <laughs> I know a yeah. great resource for that. <laughs> it's uh, called the Preparedness Guide for the Camino de Santiago. Basically, if you haven't been an experienced hiker, or you don't know what gear to get and how to train and stuff, get the book. It will help you out a lot. Very cool. <laughs> That's awesome. So I didn't quite realize that because you and I had had conversation and you know we told you we were going to go to Portugal and all kinds of stuff and that sparked you telling us about that journey. But I didn't realize that that actually led to you coming back and having that clarity about, hey, yes, I'm going to marry my now wife and all the other stuff that happened from it too. So what happened from there? Yes. It began thinking kind of this pendulum, right? So I'm like, I was in the center and then I swung over like life is great, happy, get married, take a two month honeymoon in Europe, come back. And then I'm like, oh shit. Okay. Love life is great. Relationship, fantastic career. So still kind of have distant fantasies that I just can't let die about having this online business. That's when I started working the landscaping job just because I was like, okay, I need to make some money, um, which actually it paid really well. But just I wasn't coming home happy. I wasn't coming home energized. You know, like I tell people, for example, when they take my yoga class, I want you to be tired, but energized at the same time, right? So anytime that you feel down emotionally, it's like, okay, yeah, that's not working for you. We need to change something. But I want you to feel energized, but tired at the same time. That means you've done work. But you're like, yeah, this is good work. This is what I want to be doing. So I was coming home and I just wasn't getting that. So that's when I started searching again. I think I popped into Ramit's Facebook page or group rather. That's when I found you. Ended up signing up for your your coaching course. Yeah. And what I loved about that was, I mean, many things. But I think the main questions were that I needed answered were, you know, what am I good at? And like, what am I going to contribute? What am I going to not only make great money doing, but do what I want to do and do what I love doing. And do it in a way that, you know, I shine through the rest so that my competition doesn't even compare to me because this is my niche or this is what I excel at. And these people, yeah, they excel these other things and that's their market. So that's what I was really trying to figure out. And I had been teaching yoga. (laughs) It's funny. I never really considered (laughs) it. It's so funny. I never considered it to be, you know, the thing that would satisfy all of those questions that I had. Isn't that funny though? Which is ridiculous, right? It's like... In hindsight now. Yeah, yeah, totally. Like that is the thing that kept you sane all of these years and that you kept coming back to and that you loved. And I remember having a conversation with you early on where it's like, so, hey, what about yoga? Because I just saw the theme kept popping up. Yeah. And you're like, no... No, I don't really want to do that. Well, maybe in this one way, but no, that, you know. Ah. I know. I know. (laughs) I know. It's pretty ridiculous when you look back at it. I mean, another thing too that I remember is I asked some of the closest friends, actually wrote them this really nice email just saying, hey, you know, 
I'm trying to find out my strengths. I want to know what you think of me. And I want you to be honest, completely honest. Like, I don't want this just to be an, e- an ego boost. You know, I really want to know basically what you would say at my funeral. And so it's interesting because all these people said something involving yoga or somehow related to yoga. Yeah. There was a distinct pattern there. Right. There was a distinct pattern. And for some reason, I just would not see it. I was like, again, I think it, that fantasy of having that online business, the freedom, just all that was just so enticing. And yet my story, my path had been this yogic one and failing to embrace it and just own it. So that's kind of a snapshot of what I was even going through in the coaching program. Was, Am I going to do yoga related stuff or coaching or, you know? So what was that like then? Because if I recall, it really took a solid almost four or five plus months to really circle all the way back around and begin to become comfortable with that. So what was that like on the inside? Because I think that's what people are really going through (laughs) when they're interested in starting a business. And I think we have a tendency to look at what other people are doing and say, and like just glom onto that and say, Oh, that's totally for me. But when you and I were talking too, like it was really apparent that you needed this type of personal interaction Mm -hmm. in a really certain way with people Mm -hmm. for you to have a minimum level of happiness. And it didn't jive with this whole online business fantasy that you had in that way. Exactly. That's exactly right, Scott. Yeah. So I'm glad you asked. And the short answer is it was horrible. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for being honest. (laughs) Yeah, be totally honest. It was horrible, right? It was like waking up every day and wondering like, okay, what am I going to do today? And what are my goals? It's basically waking up and kind of feeling lost and analyzing over and over again and coming to the same answers, which for me were, okay, so again, yoga wasn't really part of this discussion in my head. It was, again, like you said, looking outside of yourself and saying, oh, like that looks cool. That's exactly what I want to do. You know, like that book, 4-Hour Workweek, was like, oh, that's exactly what I want to do. And the, the risk there is, let's say I did have a huge level of financial success doing online stuff. That would bring me some degree of satisfaction. But like you said, at my core, I need that personal touch. I need to be involved face-to-face with people. And so after time, it's going to wear me out just like every other job. It's because that's not me. So to kind of review it again, it was yeah extremely painful because again, it was just like looking and asking over and over and analyzing until, yeah, I basically came full circle and was like, oh... Hey, dummy, yoga is the thing that you do. What caused you, and I know it was a series of events, not necessarily just one thing, but I'm curious now looking back, and it's always obvious looking back, like people at the beginning are always like, oh, what should I do? Like, what should my career be? What kind of business should I start? What should, and it's like, I'm not even sure if I have those things. And then afterwards, it's like so apparently obvious that you're like, how did I ignore that? But what took place for you to begin to stop pushing it off to the side or stop ignoring it in your mind? That's a great question, Scott. A few things come to mind. I'm not sure if there's just one thing. Yeah. Our program stopped. The coaching course stopped. And I was like, oh gosh, I have nothing to show for this. And I don't mean that the course wasn't valued because it was highly valuable for me. However, I was like, wow, I don't really have as... Or I guess it wasn't I have nothing to show. I have very little to show in comparison to some of my other people in the cohort that we had. You know, I was like, gosh, I I don't, I don't. And so basically that made me want to take action, Yeah. you know, which I was throughout the course taking action. And I think that's the biggest thing is just taking action because once you take actions, you actually do something. 
So for me, I actually got paid to coach one guy for like a couple weeks. And it was okay because I thought I wanted to be a coach during the program or yeah. these other things, you know. But once you start to take action, you can cross those things off the list. They're no longer hypothetical, right? So, oh, I started to do research in this thing and I've connected with this, these people. There seems to be no interest. Okay, and then you just cross it off the list. And you're like, that didn't feel good. I don't like that. And then I coached somebody. I was like, yeah, it was okay, but I could do other things. Cross that off. Until finally, I just kept crossing things off the list after taking all these different actions. The coaching course ended. Felt like I had nothing to show up for. I'm like, all right, do what I do best. Teach yoga. Talk about yoga. Have people look within. Live deeper lives. It was kind of interesting, but friends just started coming up to me and saying, hey, man, can you just teach, like, can you just teach me yoga? I mean, basically, it was like that. So, I realized like, oh, that's what I need to be doing. Like, hello. So... It was a variety of things. But I think the biggest lesson in terms of what an individual can do is just start to take action. Just do something. You know, and I remember you telling me this throughout the course over and over again. Like, it doesn't mean you're going to commit to that one thing forever. And you can always change. And I've changed multiple times. Like, first started teaching man yoga. I was only teaching men. Now, I teach men and women. But I've noticed the patterns and the people who want to come and train with me. You know, they want strength. They want stillness. Yeah. body and mind. They don't want just flexibility. They don't want just this flowery stuff. So, I wouldn't have got to this point now if I didn't take action. So, yeah, I think that's the biggest lesson is just to take action, do something. That's super interesting for a bunch of different reasons. But the ones that jump to mind particularly are that as you were going through this and you were going through it with a cohort of, of other people that were getting coaching at the same time and I didn't realize in in during that time that there was such a comparison or feeling of pressure in that regard. Yeah. And that's super, super interesting for me just as a, you know, thinking, putting on my coach hat for a minute. Because we had some people that were doing really, really well in terms of like very far along in terms of right. bringing in money for their business on and on and on. But I didn't realize that on one hand. But the second thing that occurred to me is the work that you were doing was something that I think everybody needs to go through to some degree. And mm -hmm. it seems to take different amounts of time. Like I have yet to find anybody that can put it on a very, very particular type of track record. Like you check off step one, check off step two, check off step three. Mm -hmm. And for you, that was very much like going through and essentially Xing these things off the list that you had in your head. Right. To make sure that they actually weren't what you wanted to do, almost. It seems like everybody has to go through some variation of that in order to be able to really feel good and have it come around and feel really sweet about what you do choose and what you do settle on and then really settle into that market and feel like it is actually you too. I don't know. I'm curious. There's a question buried someplace in all that. How do you think about that having gone through that process? So I think you're right. Everyone has a different way of going through that process of getting to the core of what, what it is that they're really here to do. And that could be on every different level. Career-wise, it could be relationships, anything, right? Yeah. And what's interesting, Scott, and what I didn't tell you, although it was probably evident throughout the course, is that any time that I would be calm, sit in stillness, or just you know find some time away from this mind that's always moving, always analyzing, yep. it was always saying, whispering, hey, hey, Matt, yoga is what you're supposed to be teaching people. <laughs> hey, Matt, remember... And then I get this rush of emotion, like, and I don't mean just like fleeting emotion. I mean, like, yeah. okay, yeah, this is your purpose. This is hello. And then, <laughs> but then the mind kicks in again, right? 
And so the logic overriding the heart almost. Exactly. And it's a balance, right? There's both logic and heart. But when it comes down to it, that feeling of fulfillment, that feeling of joy, happiness, all of those core emotions that people really, really want, that doesn't come from the mind. Or I had to just listen. And sometimes I couldn't listen. So that's where that that technique of, okay, well, let's say the mind is right. Let's assume that logic is correct. Let's create a list of the possible things and let's start taking action on it because that's what Scott told me to do. That's what I paid him for help with is taking right action. And so, that's when I started crossing those things off the list. I'm sure other people have different forms of, of coming up with challenging the mind or challenging ways in which you get to the root of what you really want to do. But for me, that's just what worked, I guess, until finally I was like, okay, I have nothing else to cross off. Let's just do yoga. All right, cool. This is working. Wow. Okay. Hello. <laughs> you know, I think that's actually really, really good in a variety of different ways. I think so many of us have a tendency to want to rush right to the thing. Like, mm-hmm. how do I get to the right career? How do I get the right business? How do I choose perfectly? And then yeah. one, that puts a ridiculous amount of pressure on us. Oh, right. It's massive amount of pressure. But two, then also, I think when you look at it that way, it defeats the purpose. Like it makes it impossible for you to get to the thing. And then even when you get there, it's going to evolve anyways. Right. No, totally. I agree with that completely. Yeah. So in your case, then, in your case, once you actually finally became okay with, (laughs) okay, I need to stop ignoring this side. What were the scariest parts of actually getting to essentially like your first clients and thinking about it from a starting a business format? Oh, that's a good question. Probably the biggest one when I held my first all male yoga class, you know, which I dubbed man yoga just for, you know, marketing purposes. I was like, okay, is anyone going to show up? I mean, I knew I had a handful, maybe like three, four guys that I knew would show up. Yeah. But I think it was 15 guys or something like that showed up. And that was minimal marketing. You know, it was mostly just mouth to mouth. I did some stuff on Facebook too, but it was mostly just, okay, who's in my network? And then their friends. And it felt so good having 15 guys just show up. And a lot of them had never done yoga before. And that was really cool. But yeah, the fear was definitely there. But you just have to keep going, right? You have to act in the face of fear. So I guess it takes courage, right? Really to run a business and take that first step of actually realizing from thought to reality. That's interesting. I remember talking to you about and then emailing about afterwards too. And right. yeah, you were really apprehensive about that. You didn't want to do it, if I recall correctly. Yeah, I don't think I did. I mean, what's interesting is so after the coaching course, you know, we were still in contact and I was even in contact with some of the people that were in my group. Yeah. And they were like, yeah, you just need to do it. You just need to do it. And I'm like, fine, I'll do it. I'll teach men yoga. Because I was like a vision that I had in my head that I'd wanted to do, but for some reason, it was holding me back. And I think it was just that fear that no one would show up. And then, the, you know, the emotional repercussion of that, at least in the mind, says, well, if no one shows up, that means you're not worthy or like, you know, you're not good enough or, you know, we always just internalize these things, which is BS. That's not true. So, yeah, I went through with it and it, you know, and it worked out. And that's the thing too, is just again, taking action. So, And I think that's really the theme here. And I, I think that without continually doing something about it, because we designed little experiments, for lack of a better phrase for you, for you, for each step of the way to test some of these different markets. And it Good really, yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. you went out there and ultimately learned that 
they weren't what you wanted to do, <laughs> which is so cool. And I, I don't think, yeah. I know I heard you say the word failure earlier. And I think that some people might look at those types of interactions as a failure, but honestly, I don't. I'm yeah. really proud of you for doing that because Thanks. I think that, yeah, absolutely. And that escalates getting to a spot that you feel really good about so much faster. Because if you hadn't done any of that, that how, yeah, how long do you yeah. think it would have taken? Like, you honestly, I don't think, it's hard I don't to know how long. You can't put it, yeah, you yeah. can't even put a time limit on it because it's, or would it have happened? Yeah, or would it, exactly. I think that's the bigger question is, would it have happened? And the answer is no. It would not, you know, it's not, things don't just manifest. You have to take action for things to manifest, you know, to come into play. So, I mean, that's why yoga is so great because you take action, right? You move your body, you move your breath, you find stillness, you find calm. And then, yeah, things come about, things arise, but you took action first. So the same thing with your career, you know, if you're stuck and you're trying to find out what your strengths are, yeah, go do the research, you know? Those tests that you had me go through were fantastic in terms of like, okay, yeah, here are my strengths. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. That really true. And then that kind of just gives you, again, that confidence boost to take action, to do something. So, yeah, I think that is definitely the theme of today is just taking action with whatever you have, even if it's not the perfect idea or the perfect business plan, just take that first step. That is super, super cool. And I am curious, just what advice would you give people that are in this same space to be able to take care of themselves as they're mm -hmm. going through, just because you have such a unique perspective right. on on this one piece. Because building a business or changing careers or changing paths of any kind, quite frankly, is hard and yeah. it can be taxing. So what would you suggest, just so I can tap into your expertise a little bit? Yeah. I mean, well, not the biggest. One of the things that comes to mind, Scott, is habits. So what I loved about your course was the whole uh, master schedule. Yeah. So really looking down and saying, what's my schedule look like on a day-to-day, -day, weekly, monthly, maybe even yearly basis and really figuring out, okay, where am I losing time or where am I not being effective or where am I just sitting by myself thinking, thinking and analyzing and judging and blah, blah, blah. So that was really helpful to look at it and be like, okay, cool. When I am going to be taking action and growing a business, am I still going to go to the gym? Am I still going to practice yoga? Am I still going to eat well? You know, you allocate time to all the things that keep the machine going, that keep, you know, gas in the tank essentially. Because the downfall or the pitfall that I've seen, especially for younger people, you know, 20s, 30s, is that they get all hyped up, they get an idea and they go full-fledged, right? Whether or not it's the right idea, it doesn't matter. But they go full-fledged, burn themselves out. And then they're kind of stuck. And I think that's a learning process too. Like that's okay if it happens. But if it continues to happen over and over again, it's like, hey, you need to take care of yourself. So sleep, proper nutrition, lots of fruits and vegetables. And then, you know, for me, it's always been yoga. It's always been moving my body. So just not losing those core principles while you build a business. Because it's going to be challenging when you build a business. There's going to be lots of unknowns, right? And that puts you in, in a lot of times, an emotional state that's like, ah, a little bit frantic. So the more that you can double down on you know, your health and your wellness, the better. That will go back to effectiveness and efficiency of how you run your business. And also just the decisions that you make. So go to my website, which is matthewatoy.com. That's Matthew with two Ts. So matthewatoy.com. There you can book a class. That'd be the best thing. You could, you know, come meet me, meet the group of guys, or even do a private if you're not, you know, well-versed in yoga. Another thing you do is follow me on Instagram. 
that's an easy, an easy thing to do. And that's just Matthew toy yoga. Those are probably the two best places or even just sign up. If you want to stay in connection with me through email, like that can happen on the website too. Hey, just a reminder, you got to hear this conversation with Matt today, but tomorrow you're going to hear my more recent conversation several years later with Matt. Now, the best way to do this, best way to make sure that you don't miss this conversation is if you're not already subscribed to the podcast, hit subscribe right now on whatever podcast player you are. That way it comes to your device automatically, even in your sleep. All right. We'll be back tomorrow with Matt. (laughs) Years in the future, right here on the Happen to Your Career podcast.